It's another midweek bonus episode where we've got just some good, well, midweek stupidity. You know, just enough stupidity to get you through the rest of the week. I, I'm sure you probably haven't had enough stupidity already, but look, we're coming out of the Halloween season and we're finding out all the Halloween stupidity pretty soon. We're going to be at Thanksgiving, and we have Thanksgiving stupidity, and then there's Christmas stupidity, New Year's stupidity. It's stupidity season. We're going to have so much stupidity over the next several months. My goodness, it's going to be a glut of stupidity. So um, please, belly up to the table and get a heaping helping dose of it for this midweek bonus episode. All the stories that you're going to hear in this podcast are true. None of the names have been changed because we've all done something stupid. St. Eric Lane, and welcome to the midweek bonus episode of My Stupid World. Just remember, if you see something stupid, say something stupid. And if you like the podcast, make sure you rate and review it, because I get five-star stupidity for you. So give it a five-star rating, and maybe even write a review of the podcast. I just might read it in an upcoming episode. And in this era of tip fatigue you might have a story to tell me about, um, well, a uh, a stupid tipping event. <clears throat> yeah, people are really getting kind of a snootful of this whole asking for a tip thing. I mean, it was okay during the pandemic, you know, when we were all kind of, you know, really struggling, right? But I think we've kind of gone overboard on that. Well, we've had stories, you know, where people are always prompted on these electronic screens if you want to leave a tip even if you basically had to bag your own groceries or something, you know? Well, now we're taking this whole tipping thing to a whole new level for folks that would like to have their food delivered. Yes. So I will say that in this era of tipping fatigue, not everybody really likes to tip before being served. But if you refuse to pre-tip is a hill you're willing to die on, you better be cool with sitting on that hill munching on some cold fries. DoorDash, testing out a new pop-up notification that will warn you if you don't tip. It'll say, quote, orders with no tip might take longer to get delivered. Are you sure you want to continue? Don't you just love it whenever they ask that question? Are you sure you want to continue? Dashers can choose which orders they want to, uh, they, 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 which orders they want to do. Orders that take longer to be accepted tend to result in slower delivery. <clears throat> so DoorDash, what are you trying to say? Well, DoorDash says they've not changed anything behind the scenes. They're just letting you know that there is a difference between pre-tipping and tipping after the delivery, which you can still do, by the way. Pre-tipping, a new word to get used to. And this is the reason behind all this. You see, when you place an order, 
DoorDash notifies all of the dashers in your area, along with a, quote, guaranteed rate for accepting that delivery. The system places different values, you see, on different deliveries based on things like, well, time and distance and, quote, desirability of the order. <laughs> your tip is also included in that formula, by the way. Now, dashers don't find out your exact tip amount or the breakdown of their total haul for the delivery until after the delivery is completed. So keep that in mind. Obviously, dashers are quicker to accept gigs that are more valuable or rewarding, you see, and uh, experienced drivers can tell by the numbers if there is zero tip because, well, they eventually get familiar with uh, various default quotes from DoorDash. And if there is no pre-tip, they really have no way of knowing if you're that person who will tip them afterwards or if you're that person who will not tip at all. So, well, they just might prefer to wait for a better offer, I mean order, <clears throat> uh, rather than accept the one with a lower quote. So, you see, if you don't tip ahead, your delivery might be sitting in the queue a little bit longer while your food is ready and getting cold. It's blackmail, frankly. I think that's what it is. It's blackmail. I mean, what other types of ways might your DoorDash driver try to blackmail you, hmm? Hey, it's me, Donnie DoorDash. Hey, yo, if you don't want to tip, it's no problem. Forget about it. But you got a beautiful burger and fries here. It'd be a real shame if something were to, you know, happen to it. Know what I mean? Like maybe some of your fries disappear. Maybe one of the fries gets broken. You know, like your leg. Maybe in the middle of the bun there's a big thumbprint. <laughs> you better hope it's my thumb. Perhaps someone might have licked all the drippy ketchup and melty cheese around the edges of it a couple times. Look at me. It's your choice not to tip. Like it's my choice to wad up the whole bag and punt it in the general direction of your front door. You're probably like, hey, are you saying what I think you're saying? Oh, we're just talking here, capiche? Just one more reason why I think I will just go and pick up my own order. Thank you very much, and I will keep my money to myself. In fact, I'll use my money that would have been your tip to pay for my gas to burn to go pick up my order. Okay, uh, Halloween is come and gone. And, you know, I guess most of our Halloween candy stash is gone or it's being metered out between now and next Halloween. Some people love Halloween. Others, eh, you know, okay, I can take it or leave it. Others just don't like it at all. Now, look, you're not allowed. I mean, you, you are allowed to not like Halloween, but, well, you're not allowed to do this. Where a 43-year-old man named Daniel Graham got himself arrested in Raleigh, North Carolina on Halloween night because he pointed a gun at some trick-or-treaters. No reports of teenagers pranking him or anything. It was just kids looking for candy. And, <clears throat> yes, it sounds like Daniel had been doing a little drinking that night. You see, a neighbor heard him yelling profanities at the kids and says that he smacked a bucket of candy out of a six-year-old's hand. There was still candy scattered across the porch the next morning. The neighbor then saw several kids walking away from Daniel's porch, and at least two of them were crying. Hmm. Daniel allegedly pointed a gun at them, 
leaned into their dad's car and told him, keep it moving. Now, the confusing part is Daniel's house was actually decorated for Halloween. It even had flashing lights and music playing. So, well, it seemed like it was trick-or-treater friendly, if there is such a thing. Well, the cops showed up, and, well, they could smell the stench of alcohol coming from his house. And, by the way, this was about 7 p.m. <laughs> so, and he's now facing charges of an assault on a child under 12 and assault by pointing a gun. I mean, you could, the least he could have done is been wearing a mask. Well, crime news is always a little more fun this time of the year, too, you know, because of three little words, criminals in costumes, <laughs> like <clears throat> the guy I just talked about. Well, there's a guy in Florida that was arrested while dressed as a banana. He's a student at the University of Miami. But this happened in Key West. Somebody flagged down a cop and said, man in a banana suit, was peeing on the side of a building. <clears throat> so let me just put it like this. Let's just say he whipped out his banana while dressed as a banana. <clears throat> well, the banana turned out to be 20-year-old Kyle Mortimer. The stupid part, he was right across the street from a row of porta-potties. That must have been a long pee because he was still going when the cops walked up to him. Well, then Kyle took off and starts running in a zigzaggy pattern just to make it harder for folks to catch him. So another cop got in and managed to grab him uh, by the banana peel, apparently. Kyle twisted away, but they eventually got him into custody. Now he's facing charges for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. And yes, uh, by the way, whenever they took his mugshot, he was still in his banana suit. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see it now. In the next episode of Tweaker Justice, after banging an eight ball of Idaho ice to the jugular, level two Florida tweaker Kyle Mortimer explains how three weeks ago at his Uncle Ted's campsite, an alligator from Volusia County shared the secrets to successfully evade the popo in a foot chase. Going out wearing that banana costume? Just a piss poor planning from his part on the, on the start, frankly, yeah, yeah. You gotta think, though, that's quite a sight to see. Cops chasing a banana. Well, <clears throat> I will say this. He did not give the cops the slip. Well, there was an out-of-state property owner who was shocked to discover a 25-year-old squatter had broken into their Florida residence and pretty much made himself at home. Even set up a PlayStation in the bedroom for easy gaming. The Lee County Sheriff's Office said Emmanuel Pierre was squatting in a residence until he was found out by the home homeowners uh, owner there. And Pierre then was arrested after the authorities said that he kind of made himself at home using the homeowner's car, cooking in their kitchen, connecting a PlayStation device in his bedroom. The homeowner discovered the squatter after they had received a notification from their home's thermostat that the temperature was changed, according to the Sheriff's Office. Well, that notification made the homeowner a bit suspicious. So they visited the property where they allegedly then discovered Pierre driving their car and parking it in the garage. The homeowner called 911 and blocked Pierre from leaving, according to the sheriff's office. It's unclear, though, how long the squatter was actually living there inside the home. But Pierre is facing charges of burglary, grand theft of a motor vehicle, and grand theft over $750. And he's still in custody, according to jail records. 
unclear, though, if he has found an attorney. I mean, plenty of people have freeloaders playing PlayStation in their homes. They're called parents of millennial children. Kind of hard to imagine somebody, someone uh, this unwanted that's living in your house, though. I guess the only thing worse would be an in-law. <laughs> yeah, well, that guy definitely got caught in a jam. But have you ever been caught in a traffic jam behind a car accident? Oh, many times for me, yes. Yeah, you could be literally stuck for a long time. And I have to travel 31 miles one way to go to work, and I have to go over a mountain range. And in the wintertime, yeah, a few jackknife trucks keep me from getting to work on time. And so I'm stuck for a long time. And it's pretty boring. Well, these stranded drivers got a rather unexpected treat. A tractor-trailer collided with a pickup in Canada. The thing is, though, the pickup was towing its own trailer, which, by the way, was packed to the hilt with fireworks. <laughs> yeah, this was wild, mainly for two reasons. One, the fireworks started going off, which caused the lanes of the highway to be cut off. And two, it happened at 10 p.m. at night, meaning it was pitch dark. So the drivers just sat there for the next hour watching a free impromptu fireworks show from the highway. Now, here's a few witnesses of the fireworks accident and show talking about what they experienced. I was hiding in the car. So I didn't want to get hit by a stray rocket or anything. But yeah, it was just so loud and so huge. Just as we approached it, boom, all of it started going off again. And we were just like, okay, we just have to slam on the on the gas and just try to book it through. The whole highway is backed up. Yeah, it was definitely scary. It was loud, aggressive. It was awesome. It was the best fireworks show I've ever seen. Thankfully, nobody was seriously hurt, although one driver was taken to the hospital for some minor injuries. Now, the authorities are actually still investigating the crash. And you can certainly find the footage of the fireworks show various places on the Internet. One person said it was the most spectacular fireworks show they have ever seen. <laughs> so, I'll bet so. <clears throat> well, if you want to see something spectacular, here's a story that will probably make your mother blush. Also in Canada, <clears throat> there's a guy there in the Great White North. He wants you to take a look at his enormous zucchini. <clears throat> Yeah, he's very proud of it, too. Henry D'Angela of Ontario just unveiled what could be the largest zucchini ever grown. It's uh, just a smidgen under eight and a half feet long. Yeah, he grew it in his yard near the town of Niagara Falls, Ontario. And, well, he's still waiting on Guinness to verify it. But, but oddly enough, the current record holder was also grown by a man in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So it's not uncommon for guys there to have big ones. Henry claims his giant zucchini is 8 feet 4.79 inches long. Now the current record is 8 feet 3.3 inches long. Sadly, he says his massive squash wouldn't be something you would really want to ingest. <clears throat> See, he let it grow so long, the uh, outside is really hard. So... <laughs> Okay. Now, when it comes to edible zucchini, he says a foot long is probably a lot more ideal. Yeah. And if you uh, 
think that this guy will milk that for as many babies as possible, then think again. Yeah, especially after he, he hears the list I come up with on the top pickup lines for the guy with the world's biggest zucchini. Yeah, sitting next to him in a bar and he says, hey, that's a eight-foot zucchini in my pocket and I'm happy to see you. Yeah. Or how about this? Are your legs fertile soil for growing crops? Because I'd love to spread them. Or I'm tired of using a hoe. I want to be on top of one. Yeah, another interesting pickup line for the guy with the world's biggest zucchini. Let's make like the previous record holder for the world's biggest zucchini and uh, disappear. Or roses are red, violets are blue. Look down my pants and see what else I grew. Or how about this one? I'm a shower. And thanks to my eight-foot zucchini, I'm also a grower. Uh, or here's another uh, great pickup line for the guy who, who has the world's biggest zucchini. Is your name Dell? Because this farmer wants to be in you. Mm. Or if I show you my zucchini, will you show me your melons? <laughs> or finally, here's the best one. The top pickup line for the guy with the world's biggest zucchini. My zucchini isn't the only thing that's big and green. Minus the green part. Wait, wait, where, where, where are you going? Now, you, you've heard of escape rooms, right? In fact, uh, the uh, I'm, 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 I, you know, kind of volunteer as a youth leader for a, a small group leader for our church's youth group. And we're getting like a expansion project here pretty soon. We're going to get a whole new youth room area. You know, they're going to do some, you know, improvements in, in the facility. And I suggested that maybe they should do a escape room for the youth. Wouldn't that be fun? You ever been to an escape room? They, they, they seem to have this massive rise in popularity here in the last few years. And there's one that's actually here in the area, in State College, Pennsylvania area, where I live. Now, actually, there's about 14,000 escape rooms around the world. And whether you take part with your family, your friends, or maybe a work event, the thrill of the challenge has made it one of the most fun group activities out there. Now, I haven't been into one yet. I've got friends and family that have been in some escape rooms. But it seems that some people let's just say they've gotten a little too caught up in all the excitement. Uh, the team at the Trapped Escape Room in Mississauga, Ontario, has some firsthand experience and have since shared a video detailing the, um, shall we say, unexpected incidents. Yeah, there's been a lot of incidents here lately in Canada, hasn't there? Well, there's a clip that they shared on TikTok where four employees there at the escape room are seen looking shocked while observing some of the closed-circuit TV footage. In fact, one of uh, one of them sp uh, speaks into a room in question on a walkie-talkie. They're saying, uh, Hey, guys, uh, uh, you, you know we got cameras in the room, right? And uh, we, we can see everything. Uh, the caption over the top of the video jokes, When a couple books one of our escape rooms and forgets that we can see what they're doing. Yeah, viewers were quick to comment on the footage with one person joking, taking that hostage situation role play to the next level. Mm -hmm. yeah, another adds, the walk of shame when they come out. And a third person notes, as someone who worked in an escape room for two years can confirm this did happen from time to time. Like, people forget we have cameras. Yeah, escape room employees really do see it all. Yes, indeed. So let me tell you something. If you're on TikTok, you may just be realizing this fact of cameras in the escape room in case you want to do anything 
you know, hinky. Yeah. Um, there's a forum out there that where they discuss some of the weird things they've seen. One person says, if a group doesn't show up 10 minutes before their start time, we uh, call and ask if they're making their way out or not. Yeah. So if you're going to be taking in an escape room, you might want to plan your escape if you get caught with your pants down. <laughs> yeah, well, we go from Canada now to Russia, where the fourth largest city has been plagued by snow sculptures. This is a little town called Yekaterinburg. And the snow sculptures are not snowmen. They are snow penises. That's right. Sculptures made of snow of erect penises, prompting calls among some residents for authorities to crack down on the practice. Of course, the local media first spotted a big giant snow penis in a public square outside the Yekaterinburg Opera and Ballet Theater in the Ural State University. <sighs> yes. Uh, Svet is a news channel that's there in the country. Uh, well, it's a news channel on the uh, Telegram app. Um, it claims that uh, the elaborate sculpture was the work of local students. Uh, municipal workers were filmed later that evening removing the sculpture with an excavator. Uh, Yekaterinburg Mayor Alexei Orlov condemned the appearance of the snow penises as an outrage. Similarly, his deputy, Alexei Bubnov, says the phallic sculptures were a provocation. It could be classified as an administrative offense if they'd offend anyone, adding that the law enforcement could get involved if they continue to appear throughout the city. Now, a petition appeared on change.org calling on the Yekaterinburg students to stop sculpting the snow penises, and it was signed by at least 17 people. Yeah, the Katerinburg is a modern and creative city, but why do we allow people themselves to dishonor its name and disfigure it with pseudo-creativity, according to the petition? But the Katerinburg mayor's office denied that it had any plans for a citywide crackdown on the snow sculptures, despite Bubinov's threat to get law enforcement involved. Utility services clean roads and sidewalks in public areas like parks and squares, according to a spokesperson speaking with local news. Um, there's no specific duty to search and fight snow sculptures. But trust me, the pictures are rather stunning. So from giant protruding snow penises to giant parachuting spiders. Now, they may be coming to a neighborhood near you. Frankly, I think I'd rather have the snow penises. These are Joro spiders. They're arachnids that are known for their vibrant yellow and black patterns and the ability to weave their own parachutes. And they are thriving in the Carolinas. And they're expected to spread across the East Coast in the coming years, according to some new study data. I'm sure my insane Florida nephew, uh, Pancho Guero, I'm sure his wife, Mrs. Pancho, is going to love this news. Clemson University researchers have found that the Joros spider, which, by the way, made their way to this country aboard shipping containers from Asia about a decade ago, have since expanded and they reside within a 75,000 square mile ecosystem across North and South Carolina and parts of Georgia. Now, some of these spiders, which can grow to the size of the palm of your hand, have even been spotted as far north as Maryland as they head north by riding their parachutes. Yes, your new horror movie, Parachuting Spiders. Jeez. 
this sound that definitely sounds something for Halloween for sure, you know. But still, more Halloween stupidity. We'll be hearing about Halloween stupidity for a while, I'm pretty sure. There's a father in Alameda, California, said that his kids went trick or treating, and somebody gave them not candy, not fruit, sauce packets. That's right, a wide variety of them too. They had Heinz ketchup, yellow mustard, barbecue, Taco Bell hot sauce, sriracha, honey, McDonald's grape jam, soy sauce, and even hoisin sauce. <clears throat> of course, Dad seems to find it amusing. He says single-serving sauce packets were recycled as <clears throat> treats. Let it not be said that Alameda peeps don't have a great sense of humor. <laughs> Well, somebody jokes that sriracha was a score since uh, there's been a sriracha shortage. Another person says, my son come home with a packet of Southwest Airlines pretzels. Can't complain when he still has eight pounds of candy. It's really unclear who's been handing out the sauce packets, but really? Sauce packets for Halloween? You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join in St. Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. you get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's The Week in Review. Pharmacists protesting deteriorating working conditions inside the nation's largest retail chains launched their third and largest walkout of the season. But it's no big deal because anyone who goes to CVS and Walgreens pharmacies are used to long waits. The three-day movement has been dubbed Farmageddon, which kind of sounds like a terrible Michael Bay sequel starring Ben Affleck. <clears throat> Opponents of former President Trump, Republican and Democratic alike, are implementing a new shared line of attack, focusing on the 77-year-old's age and mental acuity. But if Trump's age and mental acuity are a problem, then President Biden simply needs to be declared legally dead. According to a new study, middle-income Americans believe student loan payments will affect their goals of prospering financially. 
which is sad because their hopes and dreams are gone so quickly, they might as well be called uh, their paychecks. <laughs> yeah, luckily, teenagers these days know not to take out student loans. Yeah, yeah I mean, they now they ruin their futures the modern way by purchasing cryptocurrency. Hundreds of years after hysteria set into colonial America, leading into the hanging of more than a dozen people convicted of witchcraft, ancestors of the accused are now working to clear their names, which is the right thing to do, because unlike Nancy Pelosi, those women weren't real witches. The Nightmare Before Christmas is celebrating its 30th anniversary with a Jack Skellington figure from NECA. It's nothing but bones and clothes, so it's tough to tell if it's a figure of Jack Skellington or a supermodel. I mean, Halloween may be over now, but this movie also crosses over into Christmas, you know, which, which is perfect because everyone is already decorating for December the 25th, even as I speak. The Philadelphia 76ers executive Daryl Morey agreed to trade 10-time NBA All-Star and one-time MVP James Harden to the L.A. Clippers. And now that he's finally gone, the team can focus on doing what they do best, <clears throat> losing in the second round of the playoffs. President Biden's concerns over artificial intelligence intensified after watching Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, according to the White House. Yeah, he's uh, super worried about the power of AI if it can make Tom Cruise appear to be a normal height. Biden signed a sweeping executive order regulating the development of artificial intelligence, saying that he wants to prevent AI from making social media more addictive or from abetting fraud. Of course, if anybody knows about abetting fraud... It's the big guy. According to a new survey, 4 in 10 parents admit they don't want to be like their own parents. But the other 6 in 10 have already turned into their parents and are currently guarding the thermostat with their lives. Actually, a poll of 4,000 American and Canadian parents and grandparents of kids of under 7 years old found that they have different ideas about raising their children than their parents had in their era. Which would explain why kids today are softer than cotton. An adult black bear that found its way into a tree near Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, forcing more than a dozen attractions, rides, and lands to temporarily close, was captured. Which is good, because he was the second most dangerous thing at Disney World, right behind all those fighting adults. A new cryptic teaser has been released for the upcoming sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. <clears throat> Luckily, they're adjusting everything for modern times, so now they're saying, uh, who are you going to text? Ghostbusters! Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing this movie might be a bit of a downer, though. Yeah, <clears throat> apparently all of the ghosts can't stop talking about how much they regret voting for Biden. Less than two years after hiring head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler, Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis has decided to fire them both, which is by far the biggest victory for Raiders fans this season. I mean, with McDaniels running the offense and the Raiders didn't even hit the 20-point mark a single time through their first eight games. Their offense is so atrocious that some people are actually calling for them to be renamed the Las Vegas Giants. The political fight to make daylight savings time permanent ain't over. Despite the recent biannual time change in the stalled legislation, we're relying on Congress to get something done, so just be prepared for absolutely nothing to change, except for the time. People throughout the country feel like they're being kept in the dark, actually. 
And besides having barely any sunlight in their lives during the winter, they're not sure what's going on with the legislation either. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said that former President Trump is not the same candidate going into 2024 as he was going into 2016, describing that Trump does not have the same pizzazz he used to, as opposed to the current President Biden, who doesn't have the same brain cells he used to. Okay, I'm just kidding. Obviously, he never had any functioning brain cells. A new study finds that cats have 276 different facial expressions, and most of them convey how much they hate your guts. One co-author of the study said, Our study demonstrates that cat communication is more complex than previously assumed, whereas dogs communicate in a very simple manner just like humans. They stick their face into the butt of someone they like. A new study finds that the mind of artificial intelligence can get just as dirty as the average frisky human. Now the entertainment industry is really worried that AI will write the next hit skin flick. Yeah, Debbie does R2-D2. Wildlife officials in Georgia said that a woman was unaware of a three-foot tegu lizard living under her porch until neighborhood children told her about a giant lizard. Georgia residents say it's the most horrifying thing to enter their state since Stacey Abrams. Most women, though, aren't used to having a giant lizard around, see, mainly because their husbands aren't quite packing the heat like that. A Florida pilot spent over six hours clinging to the wreckage of his small plane after it crashed in an alligator-infested Everglades swamp. The man was surrounded by so many horrific swamp monsters he thought he had crash-landed in Washington, D.C., And a new report claims that Thanksgiving dinner will cost more this year compared to last year, which means that the only thing more cooked than your turkey will be your bank account. Grocery stores are absolutely brutal these days. They suck so much money out of your wallet that even the IRS is impressed. That's okay. If you need to get a cheap Thanksgiving dinner, you can go to Target and get the whole thing for 25 bucks. A survey of 2,000 people of the United Kingdom revealed that 49% get particularly irked when somebody takes food off their plate without permission. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Of course, we didn't think this would be a problem over there because nobody actually wants to eat that food. Of course, when dining out, 53% experience food envy. It's wishing they had ordered what somebody else is enjoying. This would never happen in America because here we just order the other dish and stuff our faces twice. A jury awarded an Oregon man $1.4 million after he claimed that his landlord stole his pet cat following the feline's mysterious disappearance. That's a ton of money to owe. Just like a hairball, this guy really had to cough it up. And all lanes of a North Carolina highway were closed when an 18-wheeler overturned and spilled its load of logs onto the roadway. Jeez, this road got nailed with more wood than a porn star. I mean, this this is really out of the ordinary. No, normally, there's nothing worse than being on the road and needing to drop a log. The new, uh, well, the last new Beatles song, Now and Then, you know, was recently released, which is absolutely incredible news for anybody born before the year 1950. I mean, Now and Then, in part, used artificial intelligence to separate out Lennon's original vocals before incorporating McCartney and Starr's musical additions in the studio. But now Paul and Ringo are out of a job because AI plans to make the Beatles music without them.
A Texas A&M player was ejected in a recent game after he delivered a forceful shot to the groin of an Ole Miss offensive lineman. Jeez, this guy somehow deflated even more balls than Tom Brady. A forceful shot to the groin, no doubt. I mean, they say football is a game of inches, but this guy should have left the offensive lineman six inches out of it. Democratic Representative Pramila Jayapal told MSNBC host Jen Psaki she's concerned the Dems could lose the presidency in 2024. Jen gets it because, you know, she's used to losing after being booted as Joe's White House press secretary. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Joe didn't even give her an employee recommendation when she was applying for a TV show, but that's mainly because he didn't remember who she was. A recent study finds that mobile phones might cause a lower sperm count in men. So I think we need to be less concerned with our connection if we want any chance of conception. (laughs) And a recent scientific discovery claims that giant sea lizards with angry eyebrows roamed the waters over what has now become North Dakota more than 80 million years ago. Now, all of the nasty creatures like this only exist in the swamp of Washington, D.C. Well, the newly discovered reptile is part of this uh, Mosaur species, which were huge sea lizards that lived when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And, well, they welcomed extinction because they were so bored living out in what has now become North Dakota. And finally, in sync is harmonizing once again, not just in song, but on the silver screen. Animated style. In a new movie, Trolls Band Together. And now people are celebrating In Sync's return the way everyone should by purchasing noise canceling headphones. This enchanting glimpse into their metamorphosis into the whimsical world of trolls brings with it the group's first new track in a generation. It's aptly titled better place. As in, there will be no better place to be than far away from any theater showing this movie. You know, I'm open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving in the stupidity that's always around us. If you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you, either by leaving a voice message or a written message. You can do that at podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast to a question, and I'll be happy to address either one. Your question or comment just might be played and or talked about in a future episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. If you have the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, you can do just that. It's as simple as a phone call. Just download the app at your favorite app store and add the podcast here to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breakers, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Awards. And for this week's Genius Awards, accused of pleasuring himself while walking around a Target store, a 25-year-old Iowa man 
told the cops that he was not masturbating his actual penis, but rather a dildo he had in his shorts. Despite that convincing explanation, Deshaun Brown was busted for indecent exposure, according to a criminal complaint. Brown, who lives a few blocks from the Target in downtown Iowa City, was caught on camera touching his clothed genitalia, as well as his exposed penis. Now, the defendant investigator stated, has prior incidents of the same behavior. Brown was sentenced previously to two years probation for indecent exposure and placed on Iowa's sex offender registry. When questioned by police about his target stroll, Brown reportedly claimed to actually have been engaged with a stashed sex toy. However, cops noted video evidence suggests the phallic object in his hand was indeed connected to his person. Charged with several misdemeanor incident exposure counts, Brown was released from custody after posting a $3,000 bond. He's also facing a probation violation count related to the earlier sentencing. It's kind of hard to believe this guy, you know, but given how many people are made of plastic these days, you never know. (laughs) This is just absolutely abhorrent behavior for Target. I mean, please keep this kind of lewd activity at Dollar General's only. And then there's this. While inside a haunted house on Halloween night, a 20-year-old Florida man dressed as an FBI agent allegedly struck a victim in the face with a BB gun and claimed he thought his target was a statue, not a scaring player, according to the police. The free haunted house was constructed inside the Seminole home of the 47-year-old male victim. An advertisement asks, are you brave enough to make it through the manor and get some treats? The property's front lawn was decorated as a makeshift cemetery. Police say Ingus Schalzer entered the residence wearing this FBI jacket and body armor and carrying an airsoft gun that, well, resembled a Glock pistol. As he moved through the house, Schalzer went around a corner to where the victim was standing. While dressed in costume, the homeowner was not acting as a role player at the time, according to the criminal complaint. The six foot four inch, 210 pound Schalzer, cops say, turned around uh, from the victim and then grabbed the airsoft gun from the hip holster. Schalzer then allegedly struck the victim with the gun's handle, causing significant injury under the victim's eye. Now, Schalzer, laughing and not apologetic, told the victim, Oh, I thought it was a statue according to cops. The defendant then ran out from the house to the victim's front door as the victim followed him to prevent him from leaving. The bloody homeowner was treated at the scene by EMS workers while Schauser was arrested by sheriff's deputies for aggravated battery and possession of a bulletproof vest during the commission of a felony. The airsoft gun was seized as evidence. Well, he really screwed up. It's never good when you go from a haunted house to the big house. I guess he thought the scariest thing he'd see would reside in that haunted house. But just wait till he gets to the prison showers. <laughs> or how about this? A 30-year-old man in Florida who allegedly decided to lead police on a high-speed motorcycle chase ended up in jail with a broken foot. Jesse Rivera was spotted by a trooper on the Gandhi Bridge while swerving between vehicles at a high speed on his motorcycle around 1.18 in the morning in Tampa. Rivera's motorcycle is said to have uh, fake plates on it at the time, which read, quote, McLovin. 
That trooper attempted to stop Rivera, according to the arrest report, but Rivera sped off after turning to see his pursuer, according to the Florida Highway Patrol. That also says an officer with the St. Petersburg Police and a deputy with the Pinellas Sheriff's Department also previously tried to stop Rivera as well, but they were unsuccessful before he got to the Gandhi Bridge. Now, the FHP trooper then turned off his lights and sirens and followed Rivera across the Gandhi Bridge until he was eventually spotted again by Rivera at a traffic light. Rivera then attempted to take off again, but slipped a gear and killed the engine, according to the arrest report. So before Rivera could speed off again, FHP says its trooper grabbed him off of his motorcycle. That caused the vehicle to fall on both Rivera and the trooper, breaking Rivera's uh, foot. So after he was treated at the hospital, Rivera was booked into the Hillsborough County Jail on a charge of fleeing law enforcement officers at high speed, according to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, and he was released after posting a $7,500 bond. This guy definitely totally got busted by the cops, but nothing was more busted than his foot. His license plate said McLovin. Yeah, so the cops knew right away they were dealing with a super bad dude. And what about this? An Ohio judge has issued an arrest warrant for a 27-year-old woman accused of defecating on a church altar. Laura Minard was due in court for a hearing in connection with her indictment for allegedly relieving herself inside the chapel at Cincinnati's Good Samaritan Hospital. When Minard uh, failed to appear at her court date, Judge Janaya Trotter-Broughton ordered her arrest originally busted for desecration, which is a felony. Minard was subsequently indicted for criminal damaging or endangering, which is a misdemeanor. And since her arrest earlier in the year, Minard has repeatedly violated terms of her supervised release. And in addition to removing an electronic monitoring device, she has traveled outside the state, failed to abide by an approved schedule, and did not keep a monitoring unit charged, which led to probation officers reporting her whereabouts being unknown. Though her bond has been revoked twice, Minard has been allowed to remain free on her own recognizance. Now, Minard, who has pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, was busted after she allegedly defecated on the altar and used a fabric runner on the altar to wipe herself. Cops charged that she also used a picture in the chapel and smeared feces on the table of the altar. Minard's address is listed in court records as a home in Loveland, a Cincinnati suburb, owned by her mother, who's a registered nurse. Other records show her residing in an apartment about two miles from Good Samaritan. Minard is currently licensed through Ohio's Casino Control Commission as a casino gaming employee. Why would she go on a church altar? I mean, let's just hope for this woman's sake that hell has a very nice ladies' room. I mean, the woman must be a broken soul, and she's certainly not housebroken, that's for sure. And you got to check this one out. A man was recently caught smuggling five liters of dog semen through a major seaport. The unnamed suspect was stopped at the port of Buenos Aires in Argentina after traveling by sea from Colonia del Sacramento in neighboring Uruguay. During a routine scan, customs agents detected a suspicious package in one of the two backpacks the man was carrying. When asked about the package, uh, well, the Peruvian man said, I'm not carrying anything. I have nothing to declare, gentlemen. 
Well, the item was promptly seized by custom officials for violating Article 979 of the country's customs regulations. The importation of animal reproductive material requires a certificate of veterinary inspection issued by the Argentine Food Safety and Quality Service. A frozen canine semen, you see, is typically used to preserve a male dog's genetics for breeding purposes. But it's unclear if the Peruvian suspect faces charges for allegedly smuggling the material into the country. Earlier in the year, a Uruguayan traveler was found with 60 sachets of pig semen at the border between Argentina and Uruguay. The animal semen was found in the lining of a suitcase in the suspect's Volkswagen Severo pickup truck. You know, I had no idea there was such big money in livestock baby gravy. So many questions. Who who procures this dog semen? You ever think about that? Who's responsible for cleaning up the dog? And who lights the dog's cigarette afterwards? We may never know. Well, you may never believe this. A 37-year-old Florida man was tased and arrested after deputies said he fired a gun in public while being intoxicated in Marathon, Florida. Robert Matthew Phillips of Punta Gorda faces charges of discharging a weapon in public possession of a firearm while in commission of a felony, using a firearm while under the influence of alcohol or drugs, resisting arrest, fleeing and eluding assault and DUI, all according to the Monroe County spokesperson Adam Leinhart. MCSO deputies said that they were called to the area of East Wind Apartments in Marathon regarding a shots-fired call around 8.15 in the evening. Phillips was seen riding a bicycle in the area but didn't stop when ordered by deputies, according to Leinhart. Authorities said Phillips was shocked with a taser as he continued to resist arrest. And after searching Phillips, deputies said that they found a loaded 40 caliber Glock handgun in his possession. A witness stated Phillips threatened to shoot a resident, according to Lenhart. A second witness told authorities they saw Phillips fire the gun into the air multiple times. Investigators said bullet casings were found at the crime scene that matched those in the gun formerly in Phillips' possession. There were no reported serious injuries, according to Lenhart. Jail records show Phillips is now being held without bond. So let this just be a lesson to all of you middle-aged drunk cyclists who've been terrorizing Florida. Okay? Okay. Now, so let's see. The cop had to tase an armed drunk guy on a bike on his dumb criminal bingo card. Okay. What cop gets to do that, huh? All right. One more. A 21-year-old Milwaukee man is accused of completely biting off a fingertip of a person at a wedding in the town of Oconomowoc. The accused is Nathan Lanzi, and he's facing charges of aggravated battery and disorderly conduct. Now, according to the criminal complaint, officers were dispatched to the club at Lac La Belle. The club at Lac La Belle is a golf course and a wedding venue. Dispatch tells the responding officers someone had their fingertip bitten off, according to the complaint. When the officers got there, the complaint said the defendant was sitting on a couch with blood on his sleeve, which did not appear to be from him. There was also blood on the floor between the foyer and bathroom and the ballroom. There were several people remaining inside of the venue who appeared to be have been disturbed by the incident, including some who were crying. The first witness told the defendant if he did not leave in five minutes, the police would be called. The complaint said the defendant then started to lunge at him and was attempting to strike him. Well, a scuffle ensued, and when three others pinned the defendant to the ground, the defendant bit the tip of someone's finger off, according to the complaint. 
Police sergeant stated the victim's injuries were significant. It appeared the about, about a half an inch of the finger had been bitten completely off. The bone inside the finger appeared to have been exposed. You know, weddings often have great finger food, but I think this guy took that phrase way too literally. Sounds like this psycho was in over his head. You might say he might have, uh, here it comes, bit off more than he could chew. <laughs> so help spread the stupidity share subscribe rate and review the podcast give it a five-star rating because this is five-star stupidity rating and reviewing also helps the podcast to show up more prominently in searches when people are searching for stupidity and you know they are you can eliminate the buffering if you're streaming the podcast on poor cell or wi-fi coverage just download every episode to your podcast player. And Podcast Addict is the app that I recommend for optimum performance. It's free with two types of paid versions, too. And in addition to this episode, of course, we've got the weekend episode with my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero. And, of course, uh, Pancho answers some stupid questions with his sage wisdom. You can actually ask Pancho about anything. And you can just see how well you do by testing your skill against Pancho during our weekly Insane Game Show. Every week after both episodes are published, I'll be posting the articles that were used on both episodes. And you can read about them and see the pictures and the videos when I get them posted to Telegram Messenger, you can join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World channel there on Telegram. And there you can comment about them and share them with your friends and post comments or suggestions about the podcast as well. You can preview the channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me slash insane Eric Lane. It's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's free. It's available in desktop and mobile versions. They got Windows, Linux, and Android platforms. You can follow me on also on social media using the handle at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter or visit InsaneEricLane.com. And finally, ponder this, won't you? I really hate whenever someone rings my doorbell because then I've got to drop whatever I'm doing to be silent and pretend I'm not home. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laugh's Comedy and Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and EnvisionWise, LLC, and AmeriCountry.com. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian music, word music, Twitch and Vibes music, and is available wherever you download your music. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for Podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone, and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for Podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store. Yeah.